You know, Mike, I have a job for you if you want it. We're brothers. Don't worry about me. This how you talk to you about Mikey. It's always something. Is it true what I heard? You bought some coke and you wanted to flip it? What do you want me to say? So you're a drug dealer now. Where my coke, huh? Where is it? Your brother's always getting into trouble. It's Mikey. I owe everything to him. I figure we're even. Oh, you think we're even, you and I? I know of a way where we can both earn what we deserve. There's no amount of money that I would do that for. You owe me! You owe me! Gotta get himself killed. Mikey, you have a daughter. I'm not perfect like you. She's been hanging out with these meth head losers. What could you know? We raise the stakes. You make sure that you bring the money, and we'll call it even. I gotta put together 350 grand. You sure you want to do this? They're gonna kill her. What do I do? You gotta face it. The police aren't gonna help you here. The cops aren't gonna stop it. Somebody has to. Look at me. Are you lying to me? Don't lie to me. You lost your mind. They're gonna kill you both. Tomorrow, money in a suitcase. I'll have the money. We're gonna kill them. I got no problem with that. time to sell this. Hello and welcome to The Complete Works, an in-depth look into the career and filmography of Nicolas Cage. My name is Mike Smith. Joining me on this journey into the depths of true cagedom is my friend, co-host, and fellow cageaholic, Mike Tricia. How you doing there, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you, Mike? I am swell. I'm always swell whenever we're doing a new episode of The Complete Works, you know? Yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time. It's, it's even more exciting by the fact that we're almost kind of done with this podcast, which is... Kind of crazy to think about. That's scary, honestly. The, ju- the journey that we have been on over the course of four years at this point is uh, is nothing short of mind-blowing. Uh, and, you know, way back in late 2016, we were already in the process of doing this uh, podcast. Yes. Uh, and around that time, the trailer debuted for a movie called Arsenal, which was <laughs> the latest VOD thriller starring Nicolas Cage that would likely be ignored by 99% of people. Uh, I likely would have ignored it myself if we weren't already doing this very podcast. Uh, it was a movie that was barely on my radar uh, until I was scrolling through Twitter one day and saw an article from Screen Crush with the headline, Holy Crap, Nicolas Cage Made a Deadfall Sequel. <laughs> <laughs> now, that made me stop in my tracks because at this point, the two of us had already reviewed the movie Deadfall. That, that had right. already come up on this podcast. And if you uh, are not familiar with the movie Deadfall, it is, to put it lightly, one of the most insane movies Nicolas Cage has ever starred in. <laughs> and it's lovingly referred to as the Lobster Claw movie. Here. The Lobster Claw movie. That's, that's a scene that doesn't even involve Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, there is a scene with a mobster who has a giant robot lobster claw, and it's completely unaddressed. They never mention it at all. <laughs> Nope. In the movie. Uh, so yes, Deadfall, one of the most insane movies Nicolas Cage has ever been in. And that's saying a lot, because the dude has starred in a lot of very insane movies. Uh, and it also raised some questions, because Nicolas Cage's character, Eddie, dies in Deadfall. Uh, and yeah. here he is in Arsenal, totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> he Not only does he die, he gets deep fried. Yes, his face gets pushed into a deep fryer, and he drowns in the fry sauce or whatever, and he burns alive. It's it's Fry gruesome. sauce, Mike? Well, really? fr- okay, maybe oil? not fry sauce. Oil, oil yes, oil. I, I've never worked in a fast food restaurant, Mike. I don't know the terms. <laughs> um. Scientific lingo. <laughs> Uh, anyway, in the article that was on Screen Crush, uh, it was written by Britt Hayes, and she had some theories about how this all came to be that Nicolas Cage was playing Eddie once again. Uh, she wrote that, sure, you could assume that Arsenal director Stephen C. Miller, who also helmed modern-day Bruce Willis VOD classics like Extraction and Marauders, uh, is a fan of Christopher Coppola's virtually unseen 
1993 thriller and conspire with Nicolas Cage to pay homage to Deadfall. Uh, you could also assume that Cage turned himself into an Easter egg for his hardcore fans, uh, which also put, puts forth the wonderful idea that every Cage character exists within the same cage averse which I kind of like that one. And alternatively, you might even think that Nicolas Cage has started to run out of wacky ideas, so he went back to his vast well of characters to retrieve inspiration, knowing that almost no one among the 83 people who will rent this movie on VOD uh, <laughs> would recognize that he's ripping himself off. Um, which is also a fair assessment, I think. Yeah. Uh, critic Matt Singer, also from Screen Crush, uh, went a step further. He actually tweeted to the film's director at the time, asking him point blank if Cage was reprising his role from Deadfall, because it wasn't really clear. It wasn't like advertised as the sequel to Deadfall, because like right. that's not going to sell any tickets. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Uh, so Matt Singer uh, tweeted at the director, Stephen C. Miller, and Stephen C. Miller simply said, yes, he is, and then added, Christopher Coppola, his brother, is in the movie too. Uh, and of course, Christopher Coppola was the director of Deadfall, and so the plot thickens. Uh, did you did you recognize Christopher Coppola in the movie, Mike? No. Okay, fair enough. He plays uh, Buddy King, Eddie King's brother, in the movie. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I was wondering who the fuck that guy was. <laughs> And why he seemed so important. For the five minutes of the movie that he was in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, Nicolas Got Cage's it. brother in real life plays his brother in this movie. And so it is that Nicolas Cage appears in Arsenal as Eddie King. Uh, in this movie, a mob, uh, In this movie, he plays a mob boss who is noticeably not dead after, be, after being <laughs> burned alive in the French fry machine. He's the film's main villain who kidnaps the brother of our hero, J.P. Lindell, played by Adrian Grenier. Is it Grenier or Grenier? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. I never watched Entourage, so I don't know how to pronounce his last name. That guy from but, Entourage. But he's the guy from Entourage, the guy who played Vinny Chase. Uh, his brother, Mikey, the one who was kidnapped, is played by Jonathan Sheech, who uh, people might recognize from movies like Prom Night or Quarantine, uh, but who also has a kind of weird connection uh, to Nicolas Cage sequels that aren't actually Nicolas Cage sequels. Uh, he was the star of a movie called 8mm2. What? Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, no. 8mm2, which A, is a movie that exists, and B, this guy starred in, uh, it has no relation to any of the characters or the plots from the original 8mm. <laughs> what the fuck? And it was likely called 8mm2 uh, just to capitalize on the name, make a couple of extra dollars. Kind of like, uh, you know, Troll 2, like the legendary right. movie Troll 2. Has no relation to the movie Troll, but they called it Troll 2 just in case like they could like trick Troll fans into seeing the movie. <laughs> I guess that must have been the case with 8mm, too. That's my only... That's the only logical explanation for it. That's amazing. That's pretty wild, right? Uh, also in the movie, as mentioned before, is, Chris, is Christopher Coppola, Nicolas Cage's brother, as Eddie's brother, Buddy King, uh, so it's a fitting role for him. Uh, Lydia Hill, who has appeared in all of the Escape Plan movies and also appeared as a news anchor in the Nicolas Cage movie, The Frozen Ground, uh, plays JP's wife, Lizzie. And finally, marking his fourth collaboration with Nicolas Cage after Con Air, The Frozen Ground, and his brief cameo and adaptation, uh, John Cusack appears as Sal, a uh, low-life family friend who helps JP track down Mikey. Did you know that John Cusack was going to be in this movie, Mike? Yes. The only thing I knew going into this movie was that uh, Cage was playing Eddie again from, from Deadfall, Deadfall, and that John Cusack was in it, and he wears a do-rag the whole time. <laughs> See, I knew John Cusack was in it. I did not know about the do-rag, so that was a delightful surprise uh, when, <laughs> when I started watching the movie. Uh, now, Arsenal was written by Jason Mossberg, who went on to create a TV series called One Dollar in 2018, and directed by Stephen C. Miller one year after his previous film, Marauders, which was a VOD film with Bruce Willis, and just a few months before his next film, First Kill, which was also a VOD film with Bruce Willis. Uh, <laughs> Uh, his most recent film was Escape Plan 2 Hades in 2018, uh, which was the VOD sequel to the movie Escape Plan with Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh. This one kept Stallone, but swapped out Schwarzenegger for Dave Bautista, uh, which, by the way, there's an Escape Plan 3 that's coming out uh, this year, too, I think. Wow. Uh, I, think I think Bautista's in that, too. I have I, not kept up with the Escape Plan series. I don't really know. <laughs> And you call yourself a fan. I know. I, I don't call myself, call myself. <laughs> I, I do not. Uh, I actually never saw the original Escape Plan. I kind of wanted to. I heard it was okay. Uh, and plus Stallone and Schwarzenegger together, but just never got around to it. Uh, Arsenal was released on January 6th, 2017. And if you, like most people, were not watching it, uh, then, then you may have gone to see the fifth movie in the Underworld franchise, uh, Underworld Blood Wars. Uh, did you go see Underworld Blood Wars, Mike? <laughs> 
I did not, regrettably. <laughs> I'm sorry I missed its theatrical run, you know? Uh, yeah. Are you an Underworld fan at all? The, I actually love the first one, and okay. I've probably seen some of the others, but I don't remember them at all. I don't think I've seen any of the Underworld movies, actually, now that I think about it. I might have, The I, first one's great. I, I think I've heard the first one's pretty good. I remember I had a roommate who was a huge Underworld fan, uh, and I always kind of made fun of him for it. It was like, dude, it's... Come on. It's... <laughs> uh, but I think I saw like some of I think the third one was like Underworld Rise of the Lycans or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, which was like a right. weird prequel. It didn't have Kate Beckinsale in it. This one had Kate Beckinsale in it, um, but I believe it underperformed at the box office because like who's going to see an Underworld movie in 2017? You know? Yeah, true. Uh, anyway, that 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 is the first weekend of January too, which means uh, there wasn't really much else opening up. Uh, that was just people catching up on the Oscar movies instead, or catching Rogue One for the third time. Cause that's around the time <laughs> it came out. Uh, and the IMDb plot synopsis for Arsenal reads, A southern mobster attempts to rescue his kidnapped brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the plot synopsis. That's, That's all. That's wrong, first off. Uh, That's amazing. Actually, yeah, you're right. That is wrong, because the main character is not a mobster. He's not a mobster. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah. It's a, like an eight-sentence plot, or an eight-word plot synopsis, and they managed to get some of those words wrong. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so, Mike, you, we both watched Arsenal this past week, and uh, what was your... I mean, we were, we were both kind of aware that this movie is sort of a Deadfall sequel and sort of not. Do you remember Deadfall that well? Because we, we reviewed that movie over two, possibly three years ago. Not a whole lot. I remember certain, you know, moments uh, of it and, and kind of just... Uh... It's always on my mind when we're watching these movies, but, but not... I don't really remember, like, specific plot points at all. I remember... Michael Bane's in it, I think. Yes. That's cool. Michael Bane was the uh, main character in that movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Nick Cage was wild uh, in it, and that's really it. So, uh, I don't really... And the nose. I do. I did remember the prosthetic nose, <laughs> uh, which makes a reappearance in this movie, which is great. Yes, it does. Yeah, I mean, Deadfall... I was thinking about rewatching Deadfall before I watched Arsenal, um, but I did not oh, end man. up having... I did not end up having the time to do that, and also, not really the inclination uh, to... Deadpool. That's something that sounds good in theory, and then as soon as you sit down, you're like, nah. Yeah, as soon as you sit down and actually start watching Deadfall, it's like that's a that was a tough movie to get through. But it was weird because I was I was never bored watching Deadfall. I was like fascinated the entire time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would have that same sense of fascination now that I've actually seen the full movie. You know, I feel like now that I've seen mm-hmm. it, I would I would get kind of restless. I, I'm much happier watching Nicolas Cage clips on YouTube. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> uh, which I did rewatch a few of those before uh, going down for Arsenal, and uh, yeah, those clips, man. That's uh, one of Cage's finest wild performances. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just everything he says in that movie is a quotable Cage line. Just him shouting like "Viva la fucking France, man!" <laughs> and all that stuff. It's great. <gasps> Try to kill you, Eddie. The fucking hangers! Let me get you a drink. I didn't know you smoke cigars, babe, particularly Louis Brand. Eddie, it's really not what you think. Shut up! Shut the fuck up, man! <laughs> What am I, a fucking rich art man? Am I a fucking rich art? Oh! I know what this is. Luke trying to stop me up because of this crazy little dead you being around. Well, vive la fucking France, man! <laughs> Love Cage's performance in Deadfall. Uh, and I actually own Arsenal on Blu-ray um, and had been waiting to watch it for a while <laughs> until we reviewed this episode. I won it in a contest around the time the movie came out uh, on some website where it's like, hey, send us an email and uh, if we, we'll randomly select you to uh, w- set, get Arsenal on Blu-ray. And I was like, cool, I'm probably the only one who will enter this contest, so I'm guaranteed <laughs> to yep. get this Arsenal Blu-ray. And uh, I got the Arsenal Blu-ray. So I've, it's been sitting on my shelf and I've been waiting to watch it uh, and I finally got the chance to watch Arsenal and I will tell you that I think it is very bad. <laughs> yes. Hard same. Yeah. Hard same. So what are your overall thoughts on Arsenal, Mike? Elaborate a little bit on, on what, what you thought watching this movie. Uh, 
my my thoughts on Arsenal is just mostly what a waste is this movie? Uh, there's kind of really nothing going on, and everyone is sort of just like sleepwalking. But and not even like okay, sleepwalking might not be the might not be the right term because it's not it's not uh, that no one's performing. It's that everyone is just doing whatever. Uh, basically, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's just, everyone's kind of phoning it in and it's just lame and none of the pl- plot doesn't make any sense and the performances and relationships between all the characters don't make any sense and it's just the weirdest thing and it, and it kind of reminds me of, of them, uh, you know, like the filmmaker was trying to do this kind of like southern gothic thing, sort of like uh, Joe or, what was the one with Matthew McConaughey? Killer uh, Joe, I think. <laughs> he was in Killer Joe. I thought you were talking about Mud, maybe, but uh, yeah, Killer Mud, Joe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. those kind of movies. This like southern, this like southern crime gothic thriller kind of thing, uh, yeah. where everything's just dirty and sleazy. But it's just like the stupidest version of that movie <laughs> um, in in Arsenal, and it's just kind of like everyone's here for a check, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's like fine, I guess. I don't know. Like I get it. I get it. Like you got to work. You know, you got to do sure. your thing. And there's really like no saving. Oh, there's the only saving grace in this movie is Cage. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's no, yeah, nothing it, going on. Basically, my thought was movie bad, Cage good. Uh, is <laughs> yeah. Basically, like my entire notes uh, that I wrote down. That's like that's how you can boil it down to like the movie is bad, but like Cage is good in it. Like he's like you know giving it his all, and that's I appreciate that about it. Yeah, yeah. When has Cage not given it his all, really, when this you think true. about it? Yes. Uh, and especially this, I would. I really want to know, like, was it his idea to to do this again? Or, like, was it the director's idea? Like, hey, it would be funny if we you did this. Because especially with his brother being in it, uh, it just seems like, I don't, I don't know, it's just the weirdest fucking thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they decided to re- resurrect his character from Deadfall and just do it again. It's bizarre. It's it's very bizarre, and, like, the thought process behind it is, like, yeah, like, was it the director who wanted to do it? Was it the writer? Like, was the character written in that way? Because um, right. if, if you watch Deadfall, his character does not have a last name. His name is just Eddie. Um, yeah. So this one elaborates in, like, oh, he's Eddie King now. but And so he doesn't necessarily have to be the same character as written, but then Cage puts on the wig and the false nose and got the mustache and the sunglasses on all the time. Uh, and yeah. he's doing all, all the coke and everything like that, and he's very clearly emulating the character from Deadfall. Um, but there's no mention of anything that ever happened in Deadfall. Uh, <laughs> no. Like, there's nothing in the script that like, indicates that he's the same guy, because he can't be. He, <laughs> the character <laughs> yeah. died 25 years ago. Um, so it's it's really weird where it's just Cage kind of reprising the same role. It's a uh, spoiler for Spider-Man Far From Home coming up, but it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's sort of it's sort of like how J.K. Simmons reprised J. Jonah Jameson in uh, the new Spider-Man movie uh, after playing him in the original Spider-Man trilogy. It's like, you know, it, it's it's weird alt-universe version of the character, I guess. You know what I mean? Right. And so, yeah, now you have Nicolas Cage playing Eddie King again, uh, and it really is the only good thing about this movie. Like, everything else is just, like, this lifeless throwaway thriller. Uh, you know, at least Deadfall was, like, weird as shit. Um, yeah. You know, it had the lobster claw. It had Charlie Sheen in the red devil suit playing pool and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, with, yeah. like, the fingerless gloves or whatever. Uh, you know, it was a weird-ass movie, and it had plenty of insanity going on outside of Nicolas Cage, you know? But even though mm-hmm. Cage was, like, the centerpiece of insanity, he's only in, like, 40 minutes of that movie. If you remember, right. like, he dies, like, before, like, like he dies, and there's still, like, a, like, a good chunk of the movie to go. Like, the last third of yeah. the movie, he's not in at all. Uh, and so, like, the movie... Is still crazy and insane without him, uh, but this movie is like, it's just like we're looking around waiting for Cage to show up again. I feel like every t- every time he's not on screen, I completely agree. And and Cage isn't really in enough of the movie to make up for everything else. Right. It's like um, it sort of feels like the complete polar opposite of Army of One, which we reviewed on the last episode. Right. Where it's Cage going full insanity, but he's in like every scene of that movie, and it's like too much. And this one is Cage going pretty insane. Um, but he's not in enough of the movie. I need a happy medium somewhere between those two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I 100% agree. Yeah, and he's doing the whole, you know, weird voice, like talking without opening his mouth the whole time for right. some reason. Which he, didn't, like, which he did in Deadfall. It's like the same, similar It's character. the exact yeah. same character, yeah. Uh, and it's just like, I don't care about any of the problems going on in this movie. Like, any of the characters or like, why <laughs> that this guy, this one guy's life is bad, like the brother and, like... Whatever, man. I don't really care. Yeah. And it's just everything goes to the most extreme version of it, and like without earning any of it. 
uh, like the stakes get so serious so quickly, and it's just right. like this is dumb. Nobody can stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the characters are pretty dull. Uh, the movie goes very hard on the slow mo um, during its oh, fight yeah. scenes, uh, which I, I remember at some point somebody like made a joke that like if you put all the slow mo scenes in the movie three hundred at normal speed, the movie would be like half like like half an hour shorter or something like that. <laughs> but like, I feel like you can kind of do that with this movie and like, you can, you can crank it. You can like shave off like five, 10 minutes just from the, just from the slow-mo being a like normal speed. Yeah. And especially because the slow-mo is like guys walking into rooms and shit. It's like right. not even the cool. I mean, there is some of the like quote unquote cool action shots, right, but like a lot of it is like scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, some of them is just like, he opened the door. Why is this in slow motion? Like, like what the fuck? But you know right. what? I actually, correct me if I'm wrong, and I think it's, I've brought it up recently, but Deadfall is the movie where Cage yells Sam fucking Peckinpah, right? It is. Yes, it is. The king of slow motion action scenes, shootouts, Whoa. which this movie has a ton of for no fucking reason. I was Man. like, is this a reference to that one line of dialogue in Deadfall? <laughs> is this just like a fan film of Deadfall? I think, <laughs> I think that I think that just gave the filmmakers way too much credit for uh, <laughs> for what they but were doing. But it's the same thing. It's it's, it's Peck and Paul's thing where like it just be guys getting shot in slow motion in the, in the shootouts, <laughs> and that's what happens in this all the time. <laughs> Sam, I don't know, fucking Peck and Paul, <laughs> right? That's uh, the best. Uh, if you haven't seen Deadfall. Like, A, probably don't watch Deadfall, but go to YouTube and watch all the Nicolas Cage scenes in Deadfall because they're all amazing. Yeah. Just everything that, everything that Nicolas Cage says in that movie is gold. It's incredible. Watch the uh, first 40 minutes, and then once he dies, you can stop. Pretty much. But then you miss the guy with the lobster claw, though. That's true, yeah. So once, once you're in it, you're in it, basically. But, <laughs> but Dead, Deadfall is like a weird little masterpiece on its own that uh, exists outside the realm of time and space. It's the, um, the Wild West era for Cage's career. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, ironically made around the same time as Red Rock West. Um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, uh, uh, but yeah, I think watching this movie, it's pretty clear why the filmmaker uh, has never really broken out of the VOD game, uh, in my opinion. If, yeah. you look, if you look at all his filmography, like he's, it's pretty much all he's done. And he's worked with like some big names like Bruce Willis, Sloan and stuff like that. But like, it's all, it's all the VOD stuff they've been doing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer for sure. Um, but yeah, so we've, we've been talking about Nicolas Cage in the movie. So usually I ask at this point, what did you think of Nicolas Cage in the movie? But it sounds like. <laughs> You enjoyed Nicolas Cage in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. It's like it's it's silly and stupid and, and goofy, but that's all this movie has, so I'm into it. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. I think whenever Eddie King is not on screen, all the other characters should be asking, where's Eddie King, basically? Yeah, <laughs> like, pretty much. Bring him back. He's great. Uh, yeah, he's the one bright spot. You know, he's got the entire ensemble that he had in Deadfall back on, especially I love the sunglasses on. All the time. He's, like, mm-hmm. in the middle of a dark strip club, and he's wearing sunglasses. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that said, you know, he's admirably pretty nuts in the movie, and he's going for it. He's not as nuts as he was in Deadfall, though, and I think that's the, like, you know, rewatching some of those Deadfall clips, I was like, yo, this is, like, this is peak, <laughs> this is peak crazy cage right here. This is up there with Vampire's Kiss. This is up there with um, another crazy cage performance that, <laughs> like, like say, let's say Army of One, because we just watched that movie. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, it's it's Cage going full 10, absolutely bananas insane. And this movie, I would say, like, in terms of the scale of Crazy Cage, it's probably at, like, an 8 or a 9. Um, but it's not quite Deadfall-level incredibleness, no. you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. It, it's, it's, his, Cage's performance is lifted in comparison to the rest of the movie. Yes. I think if, if the rest of the movie was good... I don't know if we would be singing as high of praises for Gage's performance in this. Uh, I, I mean, think it's, it's fine, you know, like, for what it does. Yeah, no, I think, I think his performance is good. It's just not as crazy as it was in Deadfall is basically all I'm yeah. saying. Like, I, and I think if the movie was good, we'd be saying, like, oh, yeah, Cage is giving a really fun performance. But we can also talk about these other various things that happened in the movie. But since, since the movie is bad, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. very, it's very difficult to really bring anything else up. Um, how do you think this role fits into the roles that we've seen Cage play so far? Obviously, other than Deadfall. Other than Deadfall, wow, you t- took my answer away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's another... Okay, wait, okay. I have a question. I have to ask you. 
Yeah. Is this a New Orleans movie or a Las Vegas movie? Because they definitely show New or- Las Vegas, but then they talk about the swamp a lot. Uh, I think it was both. Yeah, it's, it's both, I th- right? I think he was in. They were definitely in New Orleans for some of it. I think. Yeah, like uh, they definitely talk about like, oh, Katrina didn't get us down. I think or right. some shit. They but talk about being in New Orleans. There's definitely one point where they show an exterior shot and it's like a, a Vegas hotel. Yeah, uh, it's like the fireworks at the Bellagio or something. So, so it's the rare Nicolas Cage movie that is both Las Vegas and New Orleans. <laughs> Usually you, know. you only get one of those, but this time it's both. Those uh, two geographically very close uh, <laughs> cities. That makes this movie doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely nuts. Uh, weirdly, this movie kind of reminded me of Rage quite a bit. Um, oh. You know, because... I, well, Despite a, starring in Rage, he's still just Nicolas Cage? Yeah, why? You beat me to it. I was going to say it, and you beat oh, me to man. it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, what I, what I was going to say before I was after I was going to say that um, was that uh, you know the movie the movie is basically the plot of Rage just take like without Nicolas Cage in the lead role. It's Adrian Grenier as <laughs> Adrian Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. Um, <laughs> That's uh, definitely how you pronounce it. Yeah, Adrian Lumiere is um, he's in the Nicolas Cage role in this movie from Rage. Yes. He's the one who's like on a quest. Like in that movie, it's Cage's daughter that gets kidnapped, and it's revealed that she was actually killed. Um, but in this movie, it's uh, this guy's brother that gets kidnapped. And there's been a couple of, like, Cage kidnapping movies up to this point already. But, I don't know, I think it's just the style of this one reminded me of Rage. Like, it's just yeah. very overly saturated and very dull. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, two things that go together. Exactly. It just, it reminded me of Rage. Uh, and so, I, for whatever reason, I wanted to bring that one up. And it's also, you know, it's not the first time that Cage has starred in a sort of sequel that isn't really a sequel movie because he also had a Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans, which is uh-huh, uh, yeah. not really a sequel to Bad Lieutenant, but it kind of keeps the same spirit of that movie alive. So, uh, yeah, thought I'd bring that up. Uh, and obviously, of course, Deadfall, like reprising the same right. the same role. I'd love it if in like 20 years Cage made another movie with uh, with the same hair and makeup, went by Eddie again. Even though oh the character, even though the character dies again in this movie, uh, and you know we get like an old man Eddie <laughs> movie to, to round out the trilogy, like in twenty forty or whatever it is, yeah. uh, that'd be incredible. I would love to see like seventy year old Cage just doing this once again. Like <laughs> it, yeah. it could be his Logan. I'm just Whoa. throwing it out there. Could uh, definitely be his Logan, the same yeah. caliber, it's the same caliber, and with the same uh, cultural impact that uh, that Logan had for sure. <laughs> Uh, now, what, are there any moments or scenes in the movie that stood out to you, Mike? Anything you wanted to bring up? Um, I did uh, like just all of the the, the slow mo scenes we talked about. I like, well, didn't like. I kind of hated them, but they were also very funny at the same time because yeah. they were just so out of place. <laughs> so that was that was fun, I guess. Uh, I did like the scene where where Mikey the brother goes to try to sell the stun grenade <laughs> to the uh, like at the gun <laughs> at the gun shop or wherever he is. Like right towards the beginning of the movie, you're saying, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just because it seems like the most pathetic, like, weirdest thing for someone to be trying to do. Yeah, and the guy's just like, no, no one's going to buy this. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not buying this from you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that was pretty good. I, I, I mean, I think the highlight of the movie uh, is the scene where Cage beats the shit out of his brother. Um, oh, yes. In the slow motion fight scored to a gospel song. Um, and there mm-hmm. was there was so much blood in that scene. And it was kind of <laughs> yeah. incredible. It, like, there was one moment where he, like, punched him. In, like, he gets his brother pinned down. He, like, leads back and punches him. And you see just, like, this... An inhuman amount of blood just, like, drenches the radio that the gospel yeah. song is suddenly playing on. <laughs> yep. Like, it, it looks like somebody just, like, tossed a bucket of red water onto the... <laughs> That's the radio. It, it's the equivalent amount of blood to, like, in a slasher movie when someone gets sliced. Like, right. they show splash on the wall. It's that. But yeah. with a punch. With a punch in the face. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. good. Uh, and, and then I, I did appreciate the detail after that, that Cage is just covered in blood for the rest of the movie. Yes. <laughs> after that point. <laughs> that was pretty great. And that's definitely the scene that, like, I feel like he's channeling his deadfall energy the most in. Um, yeah. Just, like, the weird line readings he has. Like, there's one time, where, like, one line where his brother is like, all right, turn around. Like, his brother's about to kill him, it sounds like. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's like, all right, turn around. Turn around or whatever. And Cage's like, what, you got to fuck me first or whatever? Like, just weird <laughs> shit that he says. Uh, and it was great. And also, right before the fight starts, he screams something uh, at his brother. And I could not, for the life of me, make out what he said. <laughs> I, I watched the clip over and over again on YouTube, and I still can't figure it out. He says, like, a fart of freedom. I'm like, just, oh, yeah. Just something like that. And I, I could not I could not make it out. Uh, if, if anybody knows what he said, please tell me. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> 
I know what you're talking about, and I, I didn't understand it, but did not have the interest to go back and try and figure it out. <laughs> well, I was like, I was actually looking up the clip on YouTube so I can use it to edit into this podcast, which I'll play right now. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Why'd you do this to us, Eddie? You never could set the table. What are you talking about? What are you, ignorant? Talk travels fast in New Orleans, just like tourists do. What? Buddy. Extortion? Kidnapping? Ransom? I mean, really? What the fuck were you thinking, Eddie? Nobody gives a shit about this guy. Nobody. It doesn't matter. What? It doesn't matter. Is that how it's going to be? After everything I've done for you, everything you took from me, you want to take my life? No, you're good, Eddie. You're really good. You're better than me. Please, turn around. Turn around? What, are you going to fuck me first? No, you're the fuck up. You fucked up royally. Look, I know the idea sounds crazy, okay? But but it's the context of the thing that was the no-brainer. This guy's kid brother is... He, he, he's loaded. He was going to pony up $350,000 in 48 hours. The cops don't have shit. It's too late. <laughs> fuck you! Mr. Kuchar, we're finished here. But uh, yeah, I was rewatching the clip uh, for, to figure it out for editing, and then I was just kind of like replaying that moment over and over again. Like, what is he saying? My brother to my um, <laughs> but yeah, could not figure it out. But yeah, and then I, I did want to uh, mention the scene right after that too, which is Cage reading a letter to Mikey um, mm-hmm. about his brother on the, uh, and he's like on the verge of tears the whole time, and it's it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Especially the the one moment in that uh, that I wanted to highlight is when he scream cries War of the Gargantuas. Yes. Uh, when he like name checks that movie for no reason I don't really understand. <laughs> it's this movie's uh, Sam fucking Beckinpah. That's exactly what I was like. That's the note I wrote. You're so right. That's exactly what it is where it just weirdly name checks the cinema thing. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But yeah, but that whole sequence was great, and it just, it feels like, it's like it's attempting to give the movie a lot of extra weight that it didn't have before, because it's like, oh, Eddie's really upset because he had a bad relationship with his brother, and he's jealous of Mikey mm. and JP, and it's like, that's really lame. But Cage sells it, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Cage is going all out in that scene, it's like this big two-minute monologue that he has, and he's just, he's crying the entire time, but screaming as well, and he's angry, and it's and he's doing coke, and it's great. <laughs> Dear buddy, sorry about today, but you know you always were the great gem from War of the Gargantuas where it came to be! But you remember when we were partners? Had a little carjacking operation when we were teens? Cops were on us one day, we ran. You got away, but I got caught. I was 17! They offered me community service. All I had to do was give up my accomplice, you, my brother. But now, I took the years. I got out in three. <laughs> you had promised my share would be weighed. The day I got out, there was nobody there to pick me up. I took a goddamn bus for the prison. You had taken my share, gone to Florida, and set up the business in New Orleans with my money, you fucker. And I never got those three years back. Love Eddie. What do you think? Any good? Should I send it? Well, I can't send it because they fucking killed him today, all right? I hate you. I hate both of you. You're, you're so lucky because you had each other! Well, that's the King Brothers. That's why I can expect something different from you. And just since this is a audio medium, he's completely head to toe covered in blood in that yes, scene. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's so good. It is. Uh, it is pretty incredible. I did want to mention too. Um, there's a, a moment or, or scene earlier where uh, Mikey like breaks out of his bonds, you know, 
right. uh, when he's being held uh, captive, and he he has this like big screw hook thing, yes. and he, he stabs uh, Eddie's henchman uh, a bunch of times, and then he call he gets knocked out, and the henchman calls. Eddie, and he's like, oh, he stabbed me, and, and I'm bleeding a lot, and I don't know what's going to happen. And then he's just fine for the rest of the movie. Like, they never <laughs> reference it. Like, he's he's in it for, like, a while after that. Maybe, like, another 15 minutes or so. But, like, right. that's, like, a long time to be I might die in a movie. <laughs> and he's just that's fine. That's true. That whole sequence meant, like, that whole sequence was, like, you know, Mikey was, like, breaking out. It's like, oh, shit, things are happening. And then he doesn't break out. So, like, the whole thing is just kind of, like, and then they don't address the fact that the henchman got stabbed. So it's just kind of like, what was the point of all that? Like, why why did we do that scene? Like, just you could cut that out entirely. The movie would be no different for it. Um, just to justify them kidnapping his daughter, I guess. But like, they could have just done that anyway. By the way, that henchman is he the one who um, gets shot in the nuts uh, in the in the big gunfight at the slow end? Slow motion, yeah, <laughs> shotgun blast. In the, the, nuts, show, yeah. the shotgun blast, slow mo gunfight was a uh, that was pretty awesome. I will say, like, I, it was <laughs> it was bad. Like the movie was like it was the very end of the movie. I was completely checked out. But then there's that big slow mo gunfight, and for some reason they just slow mo on the shotgun pellets. Uh, just going straight into the dude's crotch, and uh, it was pretty great. It, it made me actually think of something that would have been in, like, Drive Angry, but it's bad yeah. in this. <laughs> well, I mean, in your opinion, Drive Angry wasn't that great either. Um, yeah, but it's it's worse. It's okay. for, this movie doesn't deserve to be referencing Drive Angry, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Harsh words from Mike Grecio, and I agree with yeah. you, because I think Drive Angry is a masterpiece. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, also, I, I mean, I loved, I mean, I've mentioned a couple times, Nicolas Cage always wearing sunglasses. John Cusack also always wearing sunglasses. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I imagine like that's their way of trying to hide the fact that they're in this movie. Also, also. right? He's always he's also got a baseball cap on the whole movie too. Like yes. he's trying to pretend it's not him. He's, he's like hiding out from like you know trying to be off the grid like um, Captain in America an Avengers the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got there at the same time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, one of my other favorite scenes in the movie actually. This actually has nothing to do with Cage. Surprisingly enough, there's a scene early on in the movie where they're all gathered around uh, the dinner table and someone needs to say grace. Uh, and and somebody's like looking around like oh is no one going to say grace and JP's like alright uh, well let me tell you a story and he launches into the story about a homeless guy that like no one cares about it's yeah, it's, it's the it's most like this, awkward thing it's like this long two minutes like imagine if you were at a dinner table and somebody was like okay somebody needs to say grace and like already that's like alright that's still like, kind of a weird thing to do at a dinner table for like a party but if it's a family thing i get it you had and then somebody's like well instead of saying grace let me tell you the story about this experience i had once that lasted five minutes and you're like no i really want to eat food <laughs> yeah you know please please end this uh but instead it's just adrian grin yeah um <laughs> you know it, it feels like he's putting something together for his oscar reel for this movie right? just that yeah. whole, like, it's very actory you know what i mean uh-huh yeah it, it, yeah it is it's very hammy like hammy and like he's act acting Yes. Like w- looking off wistfully to the side, uh, but yeah, it's it's so weird, and he just keeps talking about like, well, I, we never went to church, and I thought this guy was a homeless guy. I didn't know he was preaching, or, or whatever he said, or maybe the other way around. I don't remember. It's just very awkward and weird. And it's yeah. a weird story to tell to your like dysfunctional family that no one seems to like want to talk about. Right. <laughs> like you're just clearly gonna let your brother and sister in law or whatever they are. Like, just have this, like, abusive, violent, like, confrontation, and then we're just gonna eat watermelon and pretend it's fine. <laughs> it's like, this is so fucking awkward and weird. Yeah, it's it's very, very strange. Also, I wanted to mention that, uh, you know, it's established that JP and his wife have a baby in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, in the, it, during that big uh, scene in the house where you hear, like, um, the brother and the... the the and sister in law like fighting it with each other. I guess I guess it's his ex wife, right? Ex wife, yeah, yeah. Uh, the brother and his ex wife they're like having a big fight, and he even says something along the lines of, like if I if I could legally kill you, I would or that kind of thing. It's like Jesus yeah. Christ, dude. Um, but you hear like the baby crying in the distance, and then like later on in the movie, like the wife mentions the baby at some point, and then I realize like wait, has the baby not been on screen like at all <laughs> this this whole movie? <laughs> There's one scene where where he's holding the baby on the porch. Is there one it. scene? Okay, I, I I couldn't. I, I was trying to think back. I couldn't remember. But it's it just seems weird that like they established that he has a baby, but like other than that one scene, it's entirely off screen. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's definitely weird. Uh, I could not remember. Like, I'm glad that there was at least one. Now that you mentioned it, like, <laughs> there's like one scene that like shows that they actually had the money to afford a doll or something. Yeah, um, there's and then there's the one scene at the end or towards the end 
when uh, JP has that like uh, confrontation with Eddie when he fakes him out with the the stun grenade, which was pretty good. Uh, but he's like, mm, "Stay away from my family and my baby." It's like like he remembered he has a baby. It's like, "Oh yeah, and my kid." It's super weird. I don't know. This movie's yes. bad. Yeah, that was that's pretty wild. Uh, also, I really loved um, when uh, Mikey first got kidnapped, uh, and somebody calls JP's phone, um, and it's like the like the kidnapper like distorted voice like, well, "Give me three hundred fifty thousand dollars, or your brother dies or something." And like JP just like answers it, and he's not even reacting to the yeah. voice. He's just like, "Who is this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's very clearly one of those things where like. They were going to dub it in later, and he didn't know what it was going to sound like. Right. <laughs> he just doesn't react. He's like, who Who could this be? Yeah. Is basically what he asks the Is whole time. Is this you, Mikey? Like, yeah. <laughs> it just seems really weird, uh, and it's it's pretty funny. The movie opens with a flashback also to uh, JP and Mikey's childhood at the arcade um, before it's discovered that Uncle killed himself. And it's, it's weird because it makes it seem like it's trying to position J- um, Mikey as like this loving older brother, but then it's also making him be like very, like a dick. The entire yeah, the entire like piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but then he does that like once the uncle kills himself, and Mikey finds it first. He like sees JP and like just gives him all the quarters in his pocket, which was like I, I don't even know. How, like that was a million quarters that he had. This <laughs> apparently at all times these kids are carrying eighteen dollars in quarters <laughs> in their pockets, and he just like hands him like a giant pile of quarters, like go to the arcade, go, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And that turns out to be crucial to uh, JP's quest to finding Mikey. Um, which would be fine if the movie wasn't, like, really stupid about it. Um, which, yeah. <laughs> like, I love, like, you know, Mikey gives him, like, a hint, like, over the o- over the phone. Like, oh, we'll play some video games when this is all over. Um, because their big bonding thing as kids, I guess, was video games or something. But it was at the arcade. Uh, yeah. And he hears that. And, you know, w- once you hear that, that's like, oh, that's the clear clue that, like, he's at the arcade. He should go to the arcade to find him. And JP hears that and it's like, hmm, I think he's trying to tell me something. <laughs> Man, I wonder <laughs> what, what it could mean? be. <laughs> Yeah. And it takes him a while to figure it out. Yes. And Somebody has like, to ask him to, like, walk them through it before yeah. they figure it out. Yeah. Uh, he's like, uh, the entire time, I was, like, screaming at my TV, like, just go to the arcade. You already know that's where, like, Eddie is established. Yeah. Like, it's very clearly, that's a good point. it's very clearly where he is, and he can't, like, put two and two together. It's very frustrating, actually. <laughs> But yeah, otherwise, uh, other small things here and there. I uh, just wanted to mention that several shots, there's a lot of times there'll be like a conversation scene in the movie, and then mm-hmm. the, it'll just be cutting away to like shots of nature or whatever, like, you know, yeah. doing like the wheat fields or whatever, like nearby the house or whatever, and it, it was like, are they trying to do like a Terrence Malick type thing? <laughs> is, this, is this the tree of life or is this arsenal? Like this, you know, you're trying to be this much classier movie than you are, I think. With, with this. I, I, the way that read to me was we need to pad our movie with stock footage. And that's, that's just probably like, true also. <laughs> we need to buff up our runtime to get to, you know, a hundred minutes or whatever this movie is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I mean, do you have any other thoughts about Arsenal, Mike? Any other Nicolas Cage moments you want to kind of throw out there or anything, uh, anything like that? Not really. I do. I do think it's very funny that it, you know we have this flashback in the beginning where where Mikey like accidentally witnesses his uncle. I think is Eddie their uncle. I don't think uh, it's called the the guy who dies or the guy who no uh, Eddie. I, I don't know. He called. He's called, he says like, "Oh, I'm Uncle Eddie." Remember or whatever. I don't know. Okay. I, I think he's just trying to say like, "Hey, I'm Uncle Eddie." Like you know, they yeah. they've met or whatever, but he's not like anyway. actually their uncle. Yeah. I don't know. It's very weird. It doesn't, this movie doesn't explain it anyway. Uh, but yeah. where where that happens, where he witnesses Eddie kill this guy mm-hmm. as a kid, and it's like it's that thing where like the the it looks like the arcade's under construction, like it's just all covered in plastic, oh, and yeah. like incomplete walls. And then twenty five years later, it looks the exact same. <laughs> like the room doesn't change <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's yeah. like hmm, yeah. interesting. Well, I love the arcade transitioning into the strip club, also, which was a uh, you know because. All the uh, the combination arcade strip clubs uh, are out yeah. there. Is know, it the days. same building? I think it was. I mean, it transitions into it. Like it's the same. It looks the same. Yeah. Like it's just it's Mike. It's Mikey as a kid walking through the arcade, and then suddenly he's walking through the strip club. Right. Um, and then it's kind of established, like you know, they meet. He meets Eddie again at the strip club, but then he's at the arcade at the end of the movie, right? I don't. Um, maybe it's supposed to be the same building. This movie is dumb. I don't understand. Yeah, it's, <laughs> we should we shouldn't be putting this much effort in. That's fair. I mean, it takes place in both Las Vegas and New Orleans, so like, theoretically, <laughs> yeah, true. it could it could be a combination arcade uh, arcade slash strip club. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like exists in Vegas and New Orleans. <laughs> uh, all right, so I think that about wraps up our thoughts. Our like basic thoughts in Arsenal. It's a bad movie, 
but it has Nicolas Cage uh, going all out in it, and we appreciate that about the movie at least, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, though, as soon as we finish recording, I'm never going to think about this movie again. <laughs> you say that now, but in 23 years, when Nicolas Cage comes out with Old Man Eddie, uh, Whoa. You, will, you will be sorry. Well, there's going to be a huge retrospective, a trilogy marathon of Deadfall, right. Arsenal, and Old Man Eddie, and we're going to have to go to it. Uh, <laughs> as distinguished and, guests of honor. Exactly. <laughs> Nicholas Cage will invite us personally, himself, uh, to come to this thing because he knows that we. Like, think about how many people in the world have seen both Deadfall and Arsenal. It's got to be a very small number of people. Maybe. Uh, and we have joined that elite group, so. We have. I appreciate that about this movie anyway. All right. Uh, let's move on to some letterboxed reviews for Arsenal. Uh, I got a few here. The first one is a one-star review. It's actually from uh, Jacob Knight, who uh, is a film critic. does a lot of work with Birth Movies Death and the Alamo and things like that. Uh, his review reads like this. Uh, digitally smudged and almost impenetrably dim portrait of southern suburban criminals, Cage delivers monologues about children vomiting themselves to death as Vinny Chase struggles to save the bizarre gene splice experiment of Frank Grillo and Joe Manganiello, who plays his brother. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, John Cusack vapes and never takes his sunglasses off. A modern version of Boris Karloff while he was under contract with Corman, showing up to fulfill his legal duties while looking like he's on death's door. Holy fuck. <laughs> Just a hideous freak show all around. <laughs> I forgot about that scene where he explains how the kid drank Drano and his stomach melted and stuff. Right, yeah. That's, uh, that is another peak cage moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we neglected to mention, but it is... In the movie. Uh, and again, all the best Cage scenes, by the way, in this movie are on YouTube. So if you are desperate to watch Cage as Eddie King, just watch the YouTube stuff. That's the way to do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's a two-star review from Letterboxd, which reads, A not good and yet not unwatchable DTV actioner, but let's be honest, the main draw of this movie is seeing Nicolas Cage back in the Tony Clifton wig and mustache he wore for his mad, savage performance in Deadfall. With the appearance of Deadfall's director and Cage's real-life brother Christopher Coppola in Arsenal, he is presumably playing the same character. While Cage never ever reaches the manic heights of that film, he comes close enough. Whether he's bloodily beating Coppola to death while gospel music plays in the background, or referencing War of the, Gar War of the Gargantuas, uh, you still get the crazed Cage performance you ask for. The final shootout, even with some cheap CGI, is pretty damn fun too, with an exploding head. However, I'm still not sure what Arsenal, the film's title, is referring to. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Uh, which is fair, because I don't think there ever is an arsenal in the movie at all. Other than the fact that like, there are guns in the movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty much it. Like, this, you know, nobody has, like, a stockpile of guns or whatever that, like, they're trying to unload or anything like that. No, there's actually a scene I, for, I forgot about. I wanted to talk about mention, too. Uh, earlier when, when it's revealed that, uh, um, you know, Mikey's bought all this coke and, like, he's going to get robbed, you know, and then, like, these two, like, junkie guys come in to try to rob all the coke from him. Yes. And he sneaks into his room, and he opens this, like, footlocker, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the titular arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls out an, a hatchet, yeah. and I was like, wait a second, the scene right before this was you selling guns at the gun store, <laughs> and you and all you a hatchet? hatchet? Yeah. It was very uh, weird. That is very weird. Also part of that scene, too, he, um, he, he has the coke in the fridge, and when he... <laughs> And when the guy shows up, he's like, where's the Coke? And he's like, the Coke is in the fridge. And then the guy hits him and he's like, I don't want to hear any more jokes about the Coke being in the fridge. And I just remember thinking that was like a really clumsy line of dialogue where it was like, I, he already said the Coke was in the fridge. Like, we already heard the, the joke. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're just repeating the same thing that he just said. You can just say, I don't want to hear any more jokes, end of sentence. Right. That that was like a like a shitty version of a Coen Brothers joke <laughs> to me. Yes. It was like, that would, I could see that happening, like being in a better movie, that being a very yeah. funny moment. And yeah. this is just bad. Like Obviously, you're not a golfer. Um, <laughs> <here's>... <laughs> uh, <here's... laughs> that got me so good. All right. Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, here's a half-star review of uh, Arsenal, which reads, uh, I think what urged me the most was the awful dialogue. Example, hero, I need to liquidate everything I have. Guy, obviously something must be wrong. No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Uh, this pile of junk adds nothing to the genre. Earlier reviews said that this could be the worst movie so far of 2017. It has my vote. Oh, and half a star for whoever thought that to make John Cusack look tough, all you need to do is put him in a black hoodie and have him chew in a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like to think sure. that Cage and Cusack were, like, just showed up and were like, this is what I'm going to do for this movie. And, like, that was it. Like, this is not how the characters were written. <laughs> like... 
<laughs> yeah, Cage comes out and is like, hey, I'm bringing my brother in for this, so we're just doing Deadfall again. Cool, need, cool, all right. <laughs> I need snake hands. I need snakes for hands. <laughs> uh, here's a half-star review that reads, uh, it's the first week of 2017, and Nick Cage and John Cusack have already blown their New Year's resolution to start appearing in better movies. <laughs> and finally, here's the last one. It's a one-star review of Arsenal, which reads, uh, I didn't know there was a Deadfall cinematic universe. Uh, you know what's weird? This movie is somehow both a prequel and a sequel to Deadfall, and yet, due to certain events in the plot of both movies that I'm not going to spoil, it sort of can't be either. So, <laughs> I guess it's just a reboot based only around Nick Cage's character from that movie. Uh, I thought Deadfall was a really poorly made yet bizarrely entertaining movie that could definitely scratch a so-bad-it's-good movie itch. Arsenal, on the other hand, is much better made, but not nearly as entertaining or interesting. Uh, whereas in Deadfall, Cage gives an absolutely fucking nuts performance in every second that he is on screen. In this one, he's only crazy as hell in half of the scenes he's in. Don't get me wrong, he's still absolutely goofy with that big suit, bad wig, bad prosthetic nose, and shitty mustache. But other than a couple of scenes, he's unfortunately not as entertaining as he was in Deadfall. I'm just flabbergasted that this movie even exists. Uh, who in their right mind ever thought to make a reboot featuring Nick Cage's character from Deadfall? Nobody cares about that movie except for people like me who are obsessed with Cage's filmography and inevitably have to watch it. And those are also people like us. And that is why... <laughs> did you write that review, Mike? You can't I read your not. own review. <laughs> I did not. That is a, a real review from Letterboxd. Uh, yeah, and we are among those people who are obsessed with Cage's filmography, have to watch it for the podcast, and now we have. It is done. So, Arsenal, final thoughts? It's bad. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> It's bad, but you can watch Cage's good scenes on YouTube, uh, and you'll find some enjoyment out of them uh, from there, I guess. But yeah, Arsenal. Glad we are, we are through that one. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MDFilmBlog on Twitter, and MDFilmBlog on Letterboxd also. And you can find me at uh, M. Smith Film Blog on Twitter, on Instagram, at Radio Mike Sandwich, and on Letterboxd at uh, Mike Smith Film. Uh, thank you so much for listening to The Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith, and that's Mike's Cree Show. If you're listening on iTunes, or even if you're not, uh, make sure to rate and review us. Five stars would be great, and tell people you know about the show if you can. Of course, you can always find our episodes over at uh, Rapture Press as well. That's our main website, where you can also find uh, our other podcast, Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Uh, you can find uh, Badass Biz Bitches about women in the workplace, and you can find The Review Zoo, which is uh, kind of like our podcast, but deals more with entertainment news and comic book stuff and things like that. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can do so by emailing nicholascagecompleteworks at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you on the next Complete Works. Nicholas Cage stars in a Joyce Carol Oates adaptation, Mike. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> uh, with 2017's Vengeance, A Love Story, which is based on her uh, 2003 novel, Rape, A Love Story. Uh, which I guess they changed the title for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, plus, you can keep an eye out for the next Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, uh, which will probably be about the new Lion King. We're, we're kind of like begrudgingly being like, all right, I guess we have to. Uh, Fine. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, I've heard mixed things about it. I think I'm going to baseline enjoy it in the same way I kind of like baseline enjoy the Disney live-action remakes for the most part. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I mean, you you haven't seen most of these live-action remakes, I feel like. Uh, I think I've only seen Jungle Book. Only the Jungle Book, really. That's uh, that's impressive, so. actually. Uh, that's impressive considering there those are these are most of the movies that are being made today. Uh, these, <laughs> these, these yeah, days. you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, we've already had three of them, or a couple of them this year with Dumbo and Aladdin, and now we have The Lion King, uh, and another another Maleficent movie coming out later this year. But uh, yeah, I, I generally speaking don't like these movies all that much, um, even though I kind of like baseline enjoy them on the basis of like I like a lot of these Disney movies, uh, and it's sometimes kind of fun to see what this actor does with this role, but they're just doing the same movie in live action and worse uh, a lot of the time. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll Can't see wait. how it goes. We'll see how it goes with The Lion King. I am very curious to see how I react to this movie. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for getting in the cage. I'm gonna